District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm joined by Tanner Hirschfeld and his lawyer, Elliot Harding, for a special Wednesday episode of District of Conservation. Tanner is a plaintiff in the case ruling that was handed down by the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals that essentially ruled that federal law prohibiting 18 to 20 year olds from buying and purchasing handguns is illegal and unconstitutional. So I'm really thrilled to have them talk about this monumental case, where it stands, what will happen and the future of gun rights in this country. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about this very seminal case. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Tanner, why don't you first discuss what prompted you to file the suit in the first place? What was the impetus behind your decision to challenge this law? Absolutely. So I was a um, 20-year-old student at the University of Virginia. I was living off grounds. Uh, I wanted to purchase a uh, handgun to um, just keep in my home next to my bed in a lock safe, um, you know, one that I could quickly access um, for home defense, self-defense. And I, you know, wanted just to to purchase that. And I went to to do so and found out that I was unable to purchase a firearm or a handgun rather under the age of 21. Uh, And I felt that that was, you know, an unconstitutional infringement upon my Second Amendment rights. uh, And I sought Elliot's counsel and we brought suit. That's great. And you also had a co-plaintiff as well. She had a little different reasoning. What was her reasoning? Could you explain for my listeners? Absolutely. I'll leave that to um, Elliot to explain if I think he can do better. Sure. So um, Miss Marshall uh, at the time, I believe she was 18 at the time, um, she had also gone to seek uh, the purchase of a, a new handgun from a local licensed firearm dealer. Um, predominantly for the same reasons, and that is for self-defense. Um, she had been coming out of or had been out of a abusive relationship with an ex-boyfriend and a boyfriend who had a protective, she had a protective order against him. Um, he had violated that protective order, been found with firearms in violation of the protective order, and ultimately wasn't showing up for court. To, um, so he was a fugitive, known to be armed, and had historically been dangerous. And so she um, wanted to purchase a handgun, uh, specifically a new one. She had been trained in firearms, grew up in a home with firearms. And she works in a rural, or at the time worked in a rural remote setting in, uh, outside of Charlottesville. And so found herself alone a lot. And um, ultimately was also denied for the same age-based reasons. And the two judges that wrote the opinion said, essentially, our nation's most cherished constitutional rights vest no later than 18. Uh, Judge Julius Richardson wrote for the court, and I'm reading from Stephen Gutowski's excellent report on your case with Judge Stephen Aguie concurring. And he also added that the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is no different. So what is the importance behind your case? How was the ruling handed down? What does it mean? And I think Tanner was explaining to me before recording that it has to still go through en banc and there may be some challenges there. So could you talk about the legal process and the significance behind it with this ruling? Sure. I'll try to keep it pretty quick and simple. And that is um, this case doesn't really have many dispute, any disputes regarding the facts of the matter, right? This is a regular, this is a relatively pure legal question about attacking a 1968 code that bars um, anyone under the age of 21 from purchasing uh, handguns or ammunition from federally licensed firearm dealers. Um, And so 
what the ruling means from the Fourth Circuit uh, panel, which is a three-judge panel, is that for the time being, until and after the district court enters an order, the case goes back down to the district court for the court to enter an order in our favor. Um, it means that all federally licensed firearm dealers in the Fourth Circuit um, can sell these handguns and their ammunition to uh, young adults, adults, any adult over the age of 18. Now, I wouldn't encourage any of your listeners to go try that right now. Uh, the district court still needs to sign the order or it will continue to go up on appeal. And that's what we expect. Um, the Department of Justice has the ability to do a few different things here. Um, one is they can ask the entire panel of judges for the Fourth Circuit to rehear the issue, rehear the case um, almost from scratch. And I believe there are around 15, uh, don't quote me on that, but around 15 judges on the Fourth Circuit. Um, rather than just a three-judge panel, they could ask all the judges to reconsider um, that finding. And the reason they're entitled to that is because there was a split decision. Uh, Judge Wynn dissented. He disagreed with Judges Richardson and Ag, um, and it's an issue of constitutional importance. And so we, we're just going to sit and wait and kind of see what the Department of Justice chooses to do. They could either ask the Fourth Circuit to rehear the whole thing, or they could petition straight to the Supreme Court um, and ask for the Supreme Court to reverse the decision. And then, of course, the final thing that they could choose to do, which I doubt they will, is they could just let the issue lie. They could um, take this holding, um, wait for the district court to enter the order in favor of uh, Tanner and Miss Marshall, and 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 that could be the end of it. But we we fully expect them to ask um, the Fourth Circuit to reconsider. This case has now created a circuit split between the Fifth Circuit, which um, ruled on the same issue, but against the plaintiffs back in, I think it was 2013, the NRA was the plaintiff in the matter. Um, and now we have a different panel at a different time with different plaintiffs that, that's now said that that is incorrect. So we're kind of just in a holding pattern to see which way the Department of Justice wants to go. And I know petitioning the Supreme Court, and I'm not a lawyer, but from my understanding as a reporter and an observer, is they've been very hesitant to take up gun cases. They've started to relent on that. What do you think the likelihood would be, you think, uh, especially given the fact that public opinion, just the onslaught of different violence behaviors and, and cities becoming more violent? I don't know if cultural pressures will signal to the justices to maybe vote or decide a certain way. But do you think because current events and just the circumstances culturally and safety wise, they're changing, do you think the justices would take your case into account and be like, well, maybe we have to revisit this rule and reassess what was initially ruled beforehand and forgo barring access to 18 to 20 year olds? Um, I think that if this case were to go, were to be petitioned to this, well, it, it's a little premature to really opine as to which way they would go because it's still possible that the Fourth Circuit could hear the entire case themselves in a panel and on bonk. And if that's done, we won't necessarily know the posture of the case to the Supreme Court, meaning the Fourth Circuit could reverse what happened yesterday and and rule against us, in which case we would be the ones asking the Supreme Court to intervene or... Um, 
we could have been victorious and then the government's the one asking. And so um, I think that this court, this current Supreme Court, I think would be hospitable to this case and this holding. I think that um, what we're dealing with here, what people don't understand is 18 to 21 year olds can purchase handguns with or without this law. They can own them in private transactions and purchase them in private transactions. Um, but they can't go buy them themselves uh, from a federally licensed firearm dealer. They have to buy in private transaction, which means they can't buy brand new firearms and brand new ammunition. Um, they have to own, they're relegated to only pre-owned. And by going to the private market, they're outside of things like background checks or the other regulations that are traditionally used. <clears throat> Sorry, I just don't believe that the issue is actually at, the real issue is, is that the court has found the Second Amendment applies to young adults regardless of age. And I, I don't think the Supreme Court would disrupt that finding personally. Interesting. Yeah, it remains to be seen, um, especially with how the court is shaped now. But Tanner, I wanted to ask you, being a young person, especially probably one of the younger plaintiffs, I think there have probably been younger plaintiffs than you to take court, uh, cases but what was your feeling going into this? And do you hope others who are dissatisfied or maybe not happy with how certain gun laws are oriented, do you encourage them to take similar steps like you did? Absolutely. I think, I mean, the Second Amendment is pretty clear. And I think uh, there have been uh, gross infringements uh, upon our Second Amendment rights uh, in recent years, especially. Uh, I think that, you know, they deserve to be challenged. Uh, you know, unconstitutional laws should be ruled as such by the courts. Uh, that's what the courts are in place for. Um, and like Elliot said, especially with this one, I think um, even for gun safety uh, or, um, you know, gun control uh, advocates, I think this is actually the safer route uh, that, you know, the court rules in our favor, because like Elliot mentioned, um, right now, 18 to 20 year olds can purchase firearms, but only through the private market. Um, and also, I mean, often through the black market, or this encourages straw purchases. Um, and so I think that it's a lot safer for an 18 to 20 year old to go legally purchase a firearm uh, through a licensed dealer where they are getting a background check in every state. Uh, and I think that that's, that's the best outcome. I mean, that allows for 18 to 20 year olds to have the, uh, the right to self-defense. A handgun is the most practical way to do so. Uh, and, you know, it's, it is with a background check and this is going to save lives, not, uh, not the opposite. That's a very clever framing. And I think that could, hold as an opinion yeah to keep more people accountable i have no doubt people wouldn't mind subjecting themselves to background checks all of us gun owners have done it it's a basic assurance and i think not discriminating against 18 to 20 year olds would be nice especially the fact that 18 year olds can be drafted to war Absolutely. they can do all these different things why can't they own a firearm if we're going according to that logic is there anything else you guys want to add about the case how people can follow it connect with you to learn more about the case and the next steps that you guys are going to be taking um, I, I just want to note as well for the listeners, and I'm sure most of your listeners are aware of this, but this law is so unique and so um, unreasonable. It's, it's kind of a unique setting because 18 to 20 year olds can also go into a licensed dealer and purchase higher powered weapons. They can purchase from that same dealer 
their semi-automatic rifles or their shotguns, but they can't purchase the handguns, which the court has called the quintessential self-defense weapon. And so, yes, statistically, these firearms are maybe used in more crimes, but they're also used in more uh, instances of self-defense. And so it cuts both ways. Um, Just follow the case. We expect the government to make a decision as to which route they're going to go here in the in the next few days, if not a couple of weeks. How can my listeners connect with you both? I know, Tanner, you have some social media. Elliot, yourself, uh, any websites, any social media links to point you guys to to point my listeners to? Absolutely. Um, I mean, feel free to follow me on any social media network. Um, Twitter is uh, Hirschfeld, my last name, H-I-R-S-C-H-F-E-L-D, the number four and the letters V-A for Virginia, um, Hirschfeld for V-A. And then uh, you can follow me on uh, on Instagram, uh, just my full name, Tanner Hirschfeld, um, as well as, um, you know, me on Facebook. I mean, I'm happy to um, come on any uh, any podcast uh, interview. Would love to talk about the issue. I think it's important, and it you know it deserves to be um, to be followed in the news. I, I think that you know this is a big development for the Second Amendment, a big development for you know the rights of of 18 to 20 year olds. Um, you know, if you're over 18, I think you deserve uh, your, your rights vested just as uh, as any any other adult. So um, if you can be drafted to war, like you mentioned, you know, you can purchase a, a, a handgun for your own self-defense. Uh, and that's what this is really about. Um, your, your right to self-defense. Elliot, anything else you want to add? Um, for me, if you know, we'll be sure to update folks. I'm on Twitter as well. It's Harding for VA, kind of like Tanner's. It's just H-A-R-D-I-N-G, the number four um, VA. Um, that's probably the best place to, to get updates um, from our side. I'll also note that, um, you know, as far as the reach of this case, technically it's only for the Fourth Circuit right now. There is a conflict between circuits uh, until the Supreme Court says otherwise. Um, this doesn't, or until other circuits say otherwise, this case does not extend beyond the Fourth Circuit, which is just Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and West Virginia. Um, but I am hopeful that the precedent. whether it be from yesterday or in the future, should point us in the right direction for all these age-lifting bans that you see at the state levels, too. Um, We're hopeful that um, when states like Florida or California talk about raising ages for folks to be 21 to purchase certain firearms, we're hopeful that yesterday's precedent will find its way into overturning those down the road as well. A groundbreaking case with a lot of movement expected. I know People like myself will be following this case very closely. I appreciate both you of you guys coming on my podcast to deconstruct what happened. Please keep me updated. Come back when you have an update and let's let's keep this story alive. Thank you guys so much for coming on District of Conservation. Thank you for what you did. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following us on your preferred podcast player. We like to recommend Apple Podcasts because Apple is where most of our listenership hails from. So if you head over to Apple, subscribe, comb through some episodes, and leave us reviews, we'd be more than appreciative of your support in that manner. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And you can connect with me personally on my social media feeds, all of the... Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links that I have are all denoted by 
blue check marks, really easy to find me. So engage with me there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to recommend yourself for the show as a prospective guest, I'm all ears to hear and sift through different inquiries. Stay tuned for the next episode. Appreciate you listening.